بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا اما بعد الحمد لله we continue on from the next chapter which is the sixth chapter باب السادس which is باب في لزوم السنة so it's the chapter in relation to adhering to the sunnah, adherence to the sunnah. And this chapter covers four or well five main hadith. And the first of them is the hadith and al Mikdam Ibn Ma'di Karib and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and who call Allah inni utitu. الكتاب ومثله معه ألا يوشك الرجل شعبان على عريكته يقول عليكم بهذا القرآن فما وجدتم فما وجدتم فيه حلال فأحلوه وما وجدتم فيه حرام فحرموه ألا لا يحل لكم اللحم الحمار الأهلي ولا كل ذناب من سبع we mentioned that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he states that be wary that you have an individual account with the book and they say a person of a man that sufficed was laying upon his couch And stated to you, upon you is this Quran. Upon you is this Quran. We have such an individual. Rather, that which you find from it, which is halal, then adhere to it as halal. Right, from the book. And that which you find, which is haram, then adhere to it, which is haram. And know that it's not permissible for you to have the domesticated donkey, to eat from the domesticated donkey, nor to eat from the predator that has the sharp teeth, and nor to take from that which is entrusted with an individual that is owned except that the possessor does no, has no need of it, and the one that comes to you, I as a traveler, then bring comfort to him, aid him, bring comfort to him. And if you're not able to do so, then bring to him the comfort or that which is as close as possible to that comfort. The second narration is an Ubaidah or Ubaidullah ibn Abi Rafi an Abihi an Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. La ahadukum. متكئا على ارقيه يأتي عمر 
من عمري مما عمرت به أو نحيت عنه فيكون لا ندري ما وجدنا في كتاب الله اتبعناه نعم والحديث الثالث عن عائشة رضي الله عنها من أحدث في أمرنا هذا ما ليس فيه فهو الرد قال ابن عيسى قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من صنع أمرا على غير أمرنا فهو رد So the second hadith is similar to the, to the first and in the third hadith is that which is narrated by Aisha radiallahu anha where she mentioned that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa states that whoever newly invents an affair from mine that is not from it or whoever newly invents an affair which is not from my affair then it's rejected and Ibn Isa says that the Prophet وسلم, said, stated that whoever produces an affair which is other than our affair in the Sunnah then it is rejected Naam when Abdurrahman ibn Amr al-Sulami or Hujrin ibn Hujr qala atayna irbad ibn Sariya wa huwa mimma nazla fihi wala ala alladhina idha ma'atouk Naam, لتحملهم قلت لا أجد وما أحملت وما أحملكم عليه فسلمنا وكلنا أتيناك زائرين وآئدين مقتسبين فقال إرباد صلى بنا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ذات يوم ثم أقبل علينا فوعدنا موئذة بليغة ظفرت منها العيوم ووجد ووجدت منها القلوب فقال قائل يا رسول الله كأن هذه موئذة المودع مودع فماذا تأهد إلينا فقال أوصيكم بتقوى الله والسبع والطاعة وإن عبدا حبشيا فإنه من يعيش منكم بعدي فسيرى اختلافا كثيرا فعليكم بسنتي والسنة خلفاء مهدين الراشدين تمسكوا بها وعدوا عليها بالنواجذ وإياكم والمحدفات وإياكم والمحدفات الأمور فإن كل محتفة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة And so we have the hadith of Irbad ibn Sari and we go directly to the narration where he mentions that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam prayed with us the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he prayed with us Naam on a particular day and he came to us and he gave us an admonition which caused the eyes to fill with tears and the hearts to tremble. And so a person stated, an individual stated, Oh Messenger of Allah, it's as if this is an admonition of your departing. So what do you advise us? 
And so he stated, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I advise you the taqwa of Allah. And here in Abayin, even if it is an Abyssinian slave, for indeed the one that lives from you after me will see much different. So upon you is my sunnah, and the sunnah of the rightly guided khulafa after me. Hold on firm to it. And adhere to it, hold on firm to it with your mobility. And beware of the newly invented affairs. For indeed, every newly invented affair is an innovation. And every innovation is a misguidance. And we have the fifth hadith. And the final hadith mentioned in this, in this chapter is a hadith of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah halak. Allah halak mutanatti'oon falatha marrat and so we have the first the, on the, the fifth generation in which he mentions the Prophet mentions that indeed those that were extreme were destroyed and he mentioned this he mentioned this three times those that fell into extremism were destroyed. And so Shaykh Ubaid, Hafidullah, he mentions in fiqh al-ahadith. So from the understanding of these, some of these ahadith that were mentioned. Naam. That there are seven fawaid taken. Seven main benefits that Shaykh mentions. Shaykh Ubaid. Al-Ula, the first. وجوب العمل بالسنة كما يجب العمل بالقرآن إذ كل منها وحي من الله لرسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم As Allah Ta'ala mentions وما أتاكم الرسول فخذوه وما نحاكم عنه فانتهوا وقال تعالى وما ينتك عن الحوى إن هو إلا وحي يوحى so, we have the first benefit mentioned here by Shaykh Ubaid that it's an obligation for the person to adhere to the Sunnah just as it's an obligation to adhere to the Quran. Bi alhamdulillah. As the brother asked the question in the previous sitting. Naam, about the people that say we only stick to the Quran. We're only going to follow the Quran. However, all these hadith that we just, we just took from, we understood, are all a delay and an understanding that is an obligation to adhere to the sunnah just as an obligation to adhere to the Qur'an. Naam. And from, from them is that the wahi. And what we understand as well is that the wahi is from Allah. The revelation is from Allah. And this is why the person must adhere to the sunnah. Because the revelation is from Allah that is directed to the Prophet and as Allah Ta'ala mentioned that which the messenger has come with then take from it I adhere to it يعني. and that which he is prohibited then stay away from it avoid it likewise we have the statement of Allah Ta'ala and the statement that we mentioned previously in relation to the answer to the question 
that he does not speak from desires. Indeed, he speaks revelation and he receives revelation. So that's the first benefit mentioned here by Sheikh Ubaid. ثاني الرد على من يرى اقتفاء بالقرآن دون السنة وهذا من سنيء الخوارج وفين ذا حديث is a rud is a refutation of those that seek to fight to suffice only with the sunnah they seek to suffice only with the sunnah نعم أصلاً seek to suffice only with the Quran, without the Sunnah. Naam. And this is from the actions of the Khawarij. This is from the actions that you find with the Khawarij. That's the second benefit. Al-Thalith, the third, Al-Tanbih, ila anna al-amal la yakoon salihan hatta yashtamit fihi amran. So, the third is that it brings to attention the affair. That an action cannot be a righteous action until you find two conditions within it. Like two affairs. Two affairs have to be found within, this, uh, within the action in order for it to be regarded as being an action which is solid. A righteous action. أحدهما تجويد الإخلاص لله وحده. The first of the two, or one of the two, is that the action is performed for the sake of Allah سبحانه وتعالى alone. وثانيهما تجويد المتابع للنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم. And the second of them. Is that this is an action which is done purely in accordance with the Sunnah and in following the way of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Al-Rabi, the fourth benefit. Rad man khalaf al-nas, wa in kana qal imaman min a'imma, li'annahu la qawli ahadin ba'da al-Rasulillahi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. ومن أصول السلف أنهم يزنو ما ورد عليهم من الأقوال الناس وأمالهم بميزان بميزانين وهما النص والإجماع فمن وافق النص أو إجماعا قبل منه ومن خالف نصا أو إجماعا رد عليه كائن من كان so we have the fourth benefit. Naam. The fourth benefit here. Which is a refutation, a rad. And a rejection. Of the one that opposes the nas. The one who opposes the text. And even if the one that has a statement that opposes the text. Is regarded as an, is an imam. It's an imam. From the A'imma. Naam, from the Imams. As there's no call, there's no statement. Naam, from anyone. 
after that of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu His statement is fine. What he's come with, alayhi salatu wasalam, is fine. Naam. And this is from the Asur of the Salaf. From the Asur of the Salaf, that which they came with, they understood. That they come with the speech of the people. And that the speech of the people and the actions of the people are weighed up with two affairs. They're weighed up against two affairs. They're weighed up against the Nas, the text, the Kitab and the Sunnah. And they're weighed up against as well the Ijma, the consensus. So whoever is in agreement with the Nas, or whoever is in agreement with the Ijma, with the consensus, then this is accepted from him. And whoever opposes the Nas, the text, or opposes the Ijma, then this is rejected from them, whoever they may be. So we discussed in at length previously, and within these hadith, no doubt, the affair of obeying Allah and obeying the Messenger. For example, you have the narration, or you have the ayah, where Allah Ta'ala mentions Surah Nisa, Ati Allah wa Ati Rasul. Naam. Ati Allah wa Ati Rasul. Obey Allah and obey the Messenger. Commands. To obey Allah and obey the Messenger. Oh, for intanazatun fi shayin fi Rasul. And if you come to disagree about an affair, then return it back to Allah and His Messenger. So no doubt the understanding of the Nusus, taking the affair back to the Nusus, is clear. Naam. And adhering absolutely to the Nusus of the Kitab and the Sunnah is clear. However, here, Shaykh Ubaid, Hafidahullah, he's mentioning that the speech and action is weighed up against the Nusus, the text. And the speech and action are weighed up also against what? Ijma. Tayyib. So what is the delay that ijma is something where we weigh up the, the speech and actions of the people? I'm looking for a hadith, to be fair. Let us tell me a dollar. That my ummah will not unite upon falsehood. So the fact that the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alaihi has mentioned this affair, that the ummah will not unite upon falsehood. Naam. That they will come together and they will not come together upon an affair of falsehood. Then we understand that if they have united upon an understanding of a particular affair in accordance with the statement of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, it's impossible for it to be what. It's possible for it to be what? False. Bartil. Because they've united upon a particular understanding. So once they've united upon a particular understanding, in other words, it's ijma, it's consensus, then we understand that we can weigh up this consensus that, is, that, is, that has been brought and found against the statement or action of another individual. Now, just as we can weigh up the ayah or the, or the hadith against the statement of an individual. Naam. And this is what the Shaykh 
Hafidullah is referring to. And he goes on to mention Qadr Shaykh al-Islam, Rahimahullah, wa mimma yajib an ya'alam, an al-ladhi yurid an yunkir ala al-nas laysa lahu an yunkir illa bihujjah wa bayan if laysa li ahadin an yalzim ahad bishayt. ولا يحذر عليه أحد شيئا بلا حجة خاصة إلا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم المبلغ عن الله الذي أوجب على الخلق طاعته فيما أدركته أقولهم وما لم تدركه وخبره مصدق فيما فيما علمناه وما لم نعلمه وأما غيره وإذا قال هذا الصواب أو خطأ فإن لم يبين ذلك بما يجب به اعتباعه فأول الدرجة الإنكار أن يكون المنكر عالما بما ينكره وما يقدر الناس عليه فليس لأحد من الخلق لا قائل من كان أن يبتل قولا أو يحمل فعلا إلا بالصوت الحجة إلا بسلطان الحجة وإلا كان مما قال الله فيه إن الذين يجادلون في آيات الله بغير سلطان سلطان أتاهم إن في صدورهم إلا كبر مما هم ببالغي وقال فيه الذين يجادلون في آيات الله بغير سلطان أتاهم كبر مقتا عند الله وعند الذين آمنوا كالذين يتبع الله على كل قلب متكبر جبار. نعم. And so the Sheikh he finishes this fight. He concludes his fight by mentioning some speech here by Sheikh Islam. And generally, when you refer to Sheikh Islam, أطلق Sheikh Islam without any name, then you're referring to who? Sheikh Islam in Taymiyyah. نعم. So he mentioned the kalam of Sheikh Islam in Taymiyyah. And he mentioned well from that which is an obligation. To know, naam, that the one that wishes to reject, naam, the one that wishes to reject something from the people, is not fooling to reject it except with a hujja, naam, except with a hujja, and a clear clarity, and, and clarity. So if he wants to reject something, Bring about inkar of a particular affair, then he must do so with a hujjah, with proof and clarity. Just like it's not possible for an individual to make something incumbent or obligate another individual with something, now, except with the hujjah. And this is not for someone to do so, from these two affairs, to reject or obligate something, except for the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. For indeed, he was conveying directly from Allah. And so this is Allah Ta'ala obligating upon the creation, his obedience. So that which the person, the affairs that the person have come across, and the interests of come across may not be that which the others have. 
And so no doubt his speech and that which he informs of وسلم, is one which is is one which is accepted straight away. One which is directly accepted. In which is that which we know and that which is not known. As for other than him, as for other than the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, then if he says this is the sawab, naam, he says, if he says this is the correct way, or this is, a, or this is an error, if, naam, if he does not come with a of clarity, I tafsil, detail, as to why this is accepted or why this is rejected. So then the first of that is that it's rejected in this the person's speech is rejected. Naam, because no doubt if a person is seeking to reject something or seeking to say that this you shouldn't do this action, you should do this action, he has to have knowledge of that affair. Naam. And so this is rejected from them if they do not come with evidence or detail, whoever they may be. And their speech is null and void, nullified. Except if it comes with the authority of delil. Except if that speech comes with the authority of proof. For indeed if they don't, then they enter into the statement of Allah Ta'ala. It says, it's these, indeed, these are those that seek to converse or seek to argue in relation to the ayat of Allah without any authority that they come with. Now, indeed, that which they find within their hearts is the kibr. That which they find within their hearts is haughtiness. Now, and this is something which is uh, Naam, something which is the haughtiness within their hearts. Then we have the fifth benefit mentioned by Sheikh Sheikh Ubaid. Sheikh Ubaid. Sheikh Ubaid. Sheikh قال كما في الحديث إرباد فعليك بسنتي وسنة خلفار مهدين الراشدين تمسك بها, بها وعض عليها بالنواجب وإياكم ومحدفات الأمور فإنهم فإن كل محدفة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة So you have the statement of, of إرباد The fifth benefit is a benefit and of the encouragement of adhering to the way the sunnah of the Khulafa Rashidin, the four Khulafa Rashidin, the right guy, the Khulafa. And they are who? Abu Bakr, Omar, Uthman, and Ali. Naam. And they're also from what group of Sahaba? Ashru, Mabashirin, the ten who were promised Jannah. Naam. So, and what's the significance of these ten? What's the significance and what's the fuddle of these ten? Other than the fact that they were guaranteed jannah. Because were they, the, were they the only ten to be guaranteed jannah? 
So why do, are they specified these ten? Indirectly, how do you? Mm-hmm. No. No. That's one. Something else? Whilst they're alive. Because what, who knows the hadith in relation to Uqasha? What did Nabi say about Uqasha? Naam, he said that to someone else. But what did he say about Uqasha? What did Uqasha ask for in the first place? No. To be in paradise, but for something specifically, though. He said, ask, ask Allah to meet me from those that enter Jannah. Now, about being brought to reckoning and about punishment. What did Nabi say in response? And Taminhum, you are from them. This is my bashir, sir. Naam. And he was alive, sir. He was alive. However, when we mention the Ashram Bashirim, we don't mention Uqash from them. Sir. So, what is the significance of these ten? It's seen that they're home of virtue. Why? Necessarily. It's a, it's a really obvious one. Even more obvious than that. Even more obvious than that. You see, you know when people say think outside the box? Think inside the box. So the question is that why do we mention these ten as holding virtue? Specifically these ten. As Ashma Bashunin Bijan. Because you said it. Naam, very close. Center. Because he mentioned all ten of these in one sitting. Naam. So he mentioned all ten of them. So the fact that he mentioned them all at one time, Naam, this is why it's mentioned that they hold this particular virtue. Naam. And the first four that he mentioned were Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali. And these were the Khulafa Rashidin. Naam. And so we find that from this from the narration where the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam states وَمَنْ يَعِشْ مِنْكُمْ فَسَيَّرَى اِخْتِلَافًا كَثِيرًا Whoever lives from you, then they'll see much different. Naam, whoever lives from you will see much different. Naam, فَعَلَيْكُمْ بِسُنَّةِ وَسُنَّةُ خُرَفَاءَ رَاشِدِينَ مَهْدِينَ مِنْ بَعْدِ عَدُّ عَلَيْهَا بِالنَّوْحَجِثِ Naam, that when he's mentioning adhere to the sunnah of the Khulafa al-Rashidin, 
then this is a this is a command and this is an understanding of the fadl of the sunnah that they were upon, the way that these the khulafa were upon. Naam, this is the the fifth benefit as mentioned by um Sheikh Obeid. Naam. Asadis and Nahi and the Takalf. Naam, Nahi and Takalf. So, this is the prohibition of overburden. And on the seventh is Wujub Ikra al Daif. Now, and the seventh is the one that a person has generosity or they welcome the guests. They welcome the guests. And these are the seven benefits mentioned by a sheikh obeyed hafidahullah. Going back now to the narration of Irbat. Where the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he mentions, and whoever lives from you, then they will see much different. They'll see much different. This statement here, whoever lives from you will see much different. The first the first thing in relation to it is that or what's significant with this is that this is a sign from the Alam al from the signs of his prophecy. For the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi he mentions that whoever lives from you, they will see much different. And no doubt, this affair occurred. So from his prophecy, alayhi salatu salam, is that they said that they will be much different. And it occurred. Now this different occurred. Tayyib. The fact that the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi he stated that there will be much differing. Now he stated this will happen. Does this mean that this affair now, because he stated alayhi salatu salam, does this now mean that this affair was one which was Mahmud? Amar Mahmud. Does this now mean that this is an affair which is praiseworthy because he stated it? Su'alakum. No. Why? Why? Why is it not praiseworthy? What he mentions after he mentions, first of all, he mentions the uh, the solution to that affair. That's the first thing, and no doubt the differing was differing, which was blameworthy in of itself. The differing was blameworthy in of itself, and we find that by way of other narrations as well, the narration of the seventy-three sects. Naam, that was much different. And again, this is from his, the signs of his Nabuwa, where he mentions that there will be 73 groups, all of them in the health except for one. Naam. So this is all a result of different. So no doubt this is not something which is uh, praiseworthy different. And this is something which is mentioned by Sheikh Muhammad Aman al-Jami. Sheikh Muhammad Aman al-Jami mentioned this is not praiseworthy different. However, this is from the Qadr of Allah. This is from the Qadr of Allah, what Allah Ta'ala has ordained to occur. 
And he mentions, goes on to mention the affair of Qadr being of two types. The Qadr being of two types. The first is Al Qadr, Naam, which is Kawniya. Naam, Al Kawni. And then you have that which is Shari'iyya. So that which is Kawniya is everything that occurs within the creation. Whether it be actions which are actions of good, actions of evil, actions that Allah is pleased with, actions that Allah is displeased with. So it's general for everything. And this is mutaradif, and this is synonymous with the Mashiachillah, the will of Allah, that which occurs from the will of Allah Ta'ala. I carry the same meaning. Naam. Carry the same meaning of an action which is um comes so the meaning of the of the will of Allah Ta'ala. Naam, the will of Allah. You have the second type which is the Qadr Shariya. The Shariya. And that which is in the accordance with the Shariatillah. So it's that which occurs, everything that occurs that which uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with. So all the actions that occur, that Allah Azawajal is pleased with, this, this is regarded as the Qadr Sharia. So now when we discuss the affair of Ikhtilaf and Kathira, much different, and we discuss the affair of the 73 sects dividing, then no doubt, this is from the Qadr Qawniyya, this is from the things that Allah Ta'ala has willed to occur. However, this is not from the affairs that, that are in accordance with the Sharia, and not from the affairs that are praiseworthy. Naam. So that's the first, that's the second thing. So the first, in regards to ikhtilaf and kathira, mean being that this is from the signs of the signs of the prophecy of the Nabi The second is that this differing was not something which was praiseworthy. The third, in relation to this ikhtilaf, the third affair is something which was mentioned by uh, a Sheikh Abdullah Bukhari is that this is a proof that the batil is many this is a proof that falsehood is of many different types naam falsehood is of many different types whilst the haq, the truth is one as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions as well Allahu waliyu alladheena amanu يُخْوِجَهُمْ مِنَ الظُّلَمَاتِ إِلَى النُّورِ That Allah, He is the protector of those who believe. He takes them from the dhulamat, from the darkness to the light. The Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned the dhulamat in plural, the darkness in plural. Whilst mentioning the nur, the light as one singular. So the dhulamat, the misguidance, is of many different types. Whilst the nur, the haq, the truth, is only of one type. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Now, we have to be here in the Lord. Allah has وصلى الله وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم جزاكم الله خيرا